Hello again and welcome to Verulam Sports Podcasting. This is Tony Rice alongside your voice of the old Albanians. I'm Halfridge's Premier Rugby Club and he is our Premier Rugby Guru who has been on scintillating predictions form throughout this Six Nations campaign. Just one game left, a whole weekend to unpack and we're going to build up to the final encounter but just for now it's befitting upon me just to say a big old hello to mr brian quinn tony how are you good to see you it's always a pleasure brian i seriously uh it's a jewel in my weekly life uh when the rugby season's on and uh you and i get to touch base because i know a lot of folk brian i flatter myself that i know a thing or two about the game of rugby union but uh, i yep. always raise a glass to us bona fide scholar of the game which you eminently are that's very kind thank you tony anyway mr quinn let's begin shall we now unless you feel as though there is anything in particular to add to the fact that scotland shellacked italy 52 points uh to 10 meaning that in the course of the tournament Italy end on nil points. They have no bonus points. They shipped 184 points. And Scotland, uh, with one more game to play, currently in fourth. Unless you can add anything or feel as though there's anything of merit to unpack, I'm thinking we move past that hors d'oeuvre of last weekend's Super Saturday. Sounds like a good idea to me, Tony. (laughs) It's up, man. So then, let's build it on into the um, meat in what was a fantastic Super Saturday of Rugby Sandwich for us all to enjoy. Now, Brian, hmm, I don't want to be one of those media types who flippity flops, goes from, you know, hyperbolic praise to then getting the little knives out and digging it in. But it does have to be said, I am concerned, Brian, that after the wonderful efforts from England in the previous week, where, of course, Itoji got over the whitewash, inspired England to a great win over a champion in the making French team. Well, your Ireland were outstanding. But once again, my concern, Mr. Quinn, my concern is basic. It reminds me massively of England in the World Cup, where they wowed the world against New Zealand in the semi-final and then were heavily beaten in the final. It seems to me, Brian, therefore, this is a team immensely capable of flashes of genius, but at this moment, not yet consistent world beaters. What were your thoughts on that game? Talking about your island overcoming England. You you said it there, consistency. There are two things wrong with England at the moment. Consistency and, in my not-so-humble opinion, morale. It's, it seems that if anybody stands up to England mm-hmm. properly and their mindset isn't right at the time, then whoever the opposition is, they, they have it within their orbit mm-hmm. to, to triumph. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the case with Italy because they're... they're out of the loop in so so many different ways but it is the case with every other nation in mm-hmm. the six nations uh france 
in, in certain ways can be considered unlucky to lose, but England's performance then, as you so rightly said, was absolutely top-notch, mm -hmm. as it was in the semi-final of the World Cup, mm -hmm. again, uh, you said. And then after that, it's as if they say, well, we're done now. Um, I think uh, what we ought to do is take a little bit of a rest. Uh, they didn't take a rest against Ireland. Ireland were more motivated. Uh, their halfbacks were more collected yeah. and far more effective. England's back row uh, is... It's like there are three different people playing three different games. Mm -hmm. Now, when the the back row... And I, I'm thinking of the previous New Zealand game, not the semi-final, but the one before that, where England came so close to, to winning. The England back row w was peerless. It was mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful. And they were very unlucky to lose that. Uh, I know that we have injuries mm -hmm. uh, and... That hopefully will, in the fullness of time, be made right. But surely to God, if you mm. put the shirt on, you have to give everything that, that's there for you. you. You you would have assumed, and we've had that chat, haven't we, that that's just a given. Uh, any sport, for any nation, across all time, immoral and to continue. It's just a given, you would imagine. Um, I want to add another element to that uh, bit of analysis mr quinn and that is as well as the aspect of morale as well as the aspect of just uncertainty to a degree when challenged is discipline now here's another worrying fact for england fans england have conceded across the five matches in which they have had their second their joint worst finish in a Six Nations campaign. They've conceded, Brian, 67 penalties. Again, maths ain't my strong suit, but that's more than 10 a game, isn't it? And that it's, is level with those doldrum-dwelling Italians. It's another big yeah, concern, yeah. isn't it? And again, it's been a concern that's been raised. Why? Riddle me this. Why has it yet to be exonerated? Well, it's, it's morale. It's a, a lack of, of precision. They perhaps go a bit frenetic at, at times. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no meanness in it. There, there's mm -hmm. nothing filthy or dirty or vile that we need to address or people need to be fired. Uh, it, it's simply a matter of not taking the laws of the, of the game uh, and interpretations of those do change. Mm -hmm. um, However, if every other international player can take it on board, then surely to God England can mm. with the resources that we have. Uh, it's, it's this precision thing. Brian Quinn, precisionometer, would not have been anywhere near even 50% for any of England's execution if we consider the Six Nations as a uh, panorama, right? No, if you take it uh, as... As a coach, let's say you're looking at the performance. If you can't do things at 100% mm -hmm. speed, slow things down. Mm -hmm. You have the power. You can control things. Uh, th this needs to be not drilled into the players, but persuaded into the mm -hmm. players. <laughs> this is the power that they have. And they seem to, to lose that lesson so many times in a season these days. And it, it, as you said, it's a very worrying thing. It's not serious, mm -hmm. but it can be cataclysmic if they're in mm. a match where their heads are absolutely right. And, and they seem to be playing 
different sorts of rugby mm. on the same field. Uh, I don't quite understand why that is happening. There, there are coaching things that you can do to mm. counteract that, but these would be from, in, in my experience, from a, a, a lower club end of things. They wouldn't necessarily fix the uh, imagination of those players who are superstars. Mm. At the moment, they're not superstars, and if they're not performing, then you have to bring it back to basics. You really do. And say, well, you know, let, let, we've got the power, so let's keep possession. We have the speed out wide. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. What are we trying to do? As Woodward said years ago, we're just trying to produce a two-on-one. That's all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed in 25 years. Nothing's so changed since the do- game began uh- if you like to believe the myth, with uh, Mr. Webb Ellis picking up a ball in the uh, rugby uh, uh, city in the Midlands. Uh, but there we go, Brian. Look, I like the fact that you urged a little caution there. And I'm not going to go on, let's get rid of Mr. Jones and let's make wholesale changes or anything like that. Far be it from me to, to make those claims or make those statements. Um, I will add that I am concerned because... This has been a consistent lack of consistency, if that even makes any sense. And therein lies an issue where if Eddie Jones can't solve this or inspire the players to find that special quality to solve it themselves, then maybe we need to reconsider that. But I'll leave it there from there because what I want to do now, Brian is bring it back to a more positive frame of mind uh, and say credit to your island because, again, the patented Brian Quinn precision-ometer must have been going off the charts for a positive uh, buzz for the Irish uh, performance. Not perfect, but I tell you what, it was slick. It was determined. There was a sense of uh, cohesion there. Mr. Farrell, I'm talking uh, their coach, must be delighted. And, of course, bragging rights for family Farrell, too. Yeah. Let, let's look at Keith Earl's try. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he scored two, but, uh, hey, that's just me. <laughs> uh, it, it tried. This was in the most congested area of the field, moving mm-hmm. very quickly, a line-out. So it's offset play which is very difficult to score from. The ball went over the 15-metre line, so the line-out's over. Uh, It was palmed down, not to a front row forward coming around from the back, and you and I have both run that ploy time after time in in the front rows. I'm struggling to bring it out of my memory banks, but if I just close my eyes and think back to young old days when I was a spring chicken... Oh, there it is. I've seen it. (laughs) This was to a winger who went through the maelstrom of two, not one, but two sets of forwards. And uh, it was unfair because they said that he he ran, he he beat Johnny May for pace. He did not beat Johnny May for pace. He wrong-footed Johnny May. Johnny May actually caught him in the tackle just Uh as he went over the line, just a little bit too late. But the imagination to say, where are we going to attack? We're going to attack where England is strongest. Mm -hmm. Line up. Um, they're very good at defending mm-hmm. the, the lineup, so we'll attack there. We'll stretch it over. I remember Keith Wood scoring a try uh, in similar circumstances, but he was, of course, the guy who threw it in. It went to the, the back. I would say this much, and I'm going to say this much with uh, real passion. For my money, the greatest number two 
all time. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a certain old black skipper who might disagree. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Fitzpatrick, you were uh, you were a great captain. You were uh, the complete hooker. But in terms of explosivity, in terms of dynamism, in terms of uh, just that X factor, Keith Wood, for my tuppence, Brian, number one, number two, all time. Yeah, it is. However, I've got to rain on your parade here because there was two elements of obstruction in that particular try, which <laughs> opened up a gap which never closed and nobody closed it down and nobody noticed it. However, well, no, no, no uh, uh, referee going up to um, computer technology in those days and what have you. But again, Brian, I know you were able to see live and I know I enjoyed watching on VHS, that antique, uh, the amazing uh, Gareth Edwards try. And if you look at it back in our present modern world, it quite simply wouldn't have even been allowed to develop, I don't believe. But there we go. Well, it wouldn't. Interestingly about that match in 73, if your third team handled that, this was the best game in the world, everybody still says. Absolutely. We've all got fond memories of it. Yeah, if your third team handled that poorly today, you'd fire the blooming lot of them. <laughs> you really would. Anyway, coming back However, not to third tier level, but to, to the elite Ireland. of the elite in our modern world, Ireland were okay. class. Earl's got that classy try. He is, of course, Ireland's second all-time top scorer between, uh, behind another icon, uh, maybe another all-time uh, great, maybe one of the greats in Bard, Brian O'Driscoll. Uh, great effort there and great work from Ireland. I was mightily impressed. England with an awful lot of soul-searching still to do. But my word, Brian Quinn, my word, I adored the final game. It had it all. If you had never seen rugby before, you were an alien and you just witnessed the theatre that uh, France and Wales provided, where France just grabbed victory from the jaws of defeat, refusing to lie down and die. There were red cards, there were yellow cards, there was something for the purest like you and I. It had it all. What an advert for the game. And whilst France won, I would say the game of Rugby Union was the giant winner from that fixture. Dare I say it, I predicted this particular win. Not, not only, in not only today, you say, Brian, you've just said it, but I will give you your dues. I have been in awe of your uh, prediction quality. I went with my heart. You went with this cerebral head, and you were dead right. But my goodness me, it really was nip and tuck right to the death, wasn't it? But more crucially, again, credit to you, giving you your dues, uh, raising a glass. But more critically, Brian, irrespective of all that fun and uh, sideshow malarkey, I am just over the moon that that advert for the game of rugby union was put on display. It, it was astonishing, wasn't it? It was absolutely wonderful. I, I would suggest, dare I say this, um, that if Wales had the Irish halfbacks, they would not have lost that match. Could you explain um, that just a little bit more? Being not a halfback, yeah. I'm fascinated to get your take on that uh, in depth. Look, right, we'll start with this. Look at the faces of Conor Murray and, and Johnny Sexton. Mm -hmm. They go on the field, never rattled, mm -hmm. full of confidence. They always want things done the way that they want things done. And if you are not prepared to 
do things that way, then you're likely to be down the road sometime very mm-hmm. soon. Confidence, and th- that goes to the rest of the team. The rest of the team know exactly what these two are going to do. Um, to a lesser extent, the, the Welsh halfbacks can can partially do this, but they ha- are not there at the moment. Now, mm. Murray and Sexton have been there since Adam was a boy. Mm-hmm. They've been there forever. Uh, and this is something which you can't bring to the, the international forum. It's either there or it isn't. Uh, I, I would suggest that they could ship that wonderful propensity of the Wales back line to score mm. tries. Look at who they've got at the back. Look at mm. who they've got on the wing, including the brightest prospect British or these islands rugby has seen for many a long year. Rugby's newest pit of boy, Zamit Smith. God, love him. What a talent. That's the boy. That's the boy. Another fantastic finish, which he almost made at the weekend. I was so sorry for him that it didn't actually work. However, France stuck at it Mm -hmm. at the end. We're not used to France doing that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but they're able to do it now. And this is a wake-up call to everybody else Mm -hmm. that plays them. England beat them, and they beat them mm-hmm. because their control, their attitude was nailed on that day. And you have to be nailed on right to the finish, as mm-hmm. Maro Toji proved beyond any, any doubt. Wales is, was not, mm-hmm. and they lost two players towards the end. It doesn't take much in those circumstances. You're in the red zone, mm-hmm. and you have to be ultra, ultra careful of what you do. And if you don't, you will go. And France, uh, sorry, Wales finished the, <laughs> finished the match, uh, as we know, with 13 players. And that's what led directly to an overlap on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, the score was made. The rest is history. Now, they still have a chance to, to win the championship. It's yeah, out of their hand. And we are looking at that match coming up. But it's, it's such a little tiny detail. Mm-hmm. The, the Wales forwards are fine. There's nothing wrong there. Um, I you know can't just think to cut you short there. Um, first of sure. all, second back to that fascinating point, brilliantly explained uh, about the importance of experience and illustrated through the vital role of that linchpin quality of the, uh, the scrum half, fly half relationship in the game. Obviously, islands have that in spades, the Welsh building up to that. In relative terms, still quite inexperienced, is uh, Monsieur Dupont. But there are many people who would make the case for him being the premier uh, player across all positions right across the globe right now. And he made that case himself quite easy to defend, didn't he, at the weekend? Yet again, with another masterpiece of scrum half play. It's not a one-man team. This is a French burgeoning team, and I've called it, and I still maintain, 2023 world champs in their home nation. But Brian Quinn, what a wow of a performance from that other poster boy of our game, Dupont. Mm. I'd love to have seen Dupont against Edwards. Oh, (laughs) I give him give give him a chance. You're talking against at the moment. He's still uh, up and coming. The, that man Fine, but can you, you know. can you remember a moment when Gareth Edwards wasn't brilliant? Because I can't. 
And we've got the same thing with DuPont here from the start. Yes. Absolutely yes. brilliant. Uh, a, a, a leg and a half above anybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's an, I've got a suspicion, and this is um, a wonderfully scary Ford for all of rugby, but a great one for just neutrals in context, that that young man is only going to go from strength to strength. Uh, just see that in him. But what an advert for the game, Brian, as we've said. Um, we do have to say Wales were deprived at the last microseconds, really, uh, of an, another Grand Slam. Remember, of course, that would have been a record fourth for their great warrior in Alan Wynne-Jones, which we've discussed. Um, but a friend of mine uh, was really disappointed on behalf of the Wales. Very sad, he was saying. And I said to him, hold on, whoa, 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 take a breath. No, I can respect that. You're feeling that emotion at the moment. And I'm sure everybody in the valleys and beyond, the whole of Wales would have felt that emotion. However, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. If you'd have said to an honest Welshman at the start of the tournament, when Pivak was being pilloried by the likes of me, and, uh, you know, that they would be within a microsecond of a Grand Slam, then I'm sure, I'm convinced that any honest Welshman would have snaffled your arm off. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no question about it. People would have thought you were crazy, of course. (laughs) But hey, that that doesn't matter because a bit of crazy is pretty good around here. The the Wales were, as you say, microseconds away from the, the greatest prize in the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't happen. In, in rugby, uh, it's very difficult to blame anybody else. Uh, the closest anybody came to that was England, possibly with two strange decisions. However, England got back in that particular match to where they should have won the game. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wales had been workmanlike throughout, mm-hmm. and they had made fewer mistakes than almost any other side. That includes France. Mm-hmm. France uh, have been magnificent under the new coach and the new defence coach. Uh, they have Dupont, uh, and he's not alone. Entomac is absolutely yeah. wonderful in so many and different again, it's, ways. And again, it's not a bad gene pool that uh, young star is from, is it? Goodness me. No, what a prince amongst wingers was his father. He was. He was. Uh, as you said at the start, a, a wonderful game, a great advert for the entire sport. And uh, congratulations to France. That has to be said. We have, we've neglected to do that, but uh, well done, lads. It's been fantastic, and we want to see more of it because it'll improve the rest of European rugby. Here, here, and uh, here's to more. And in an ordinary year, Brian, that would have been that, wouldn't it? It would be Super Saturday, and uh, thank you very much. But 2020, 2021 now has been far from ordinary and uh, drawing a line under anything further. But it means that because the dreaded COVID-19 ravaged the French, their match against Scotland had to be postponed. And that means that we've got a bonus fixture, I suppose, on Friday. Coming up as Scotland tackle that uh, buoyant future world champs, if you would like to believe my notions when it comes to rugby. And uh, Scotland again improved... Uh, I think Finn Russell is back. Um, They've been exciting. We've mentioned their uh, up-and-coming nature. Still raw, but I'm not giving them that as an excuse. 
I tell you, this is a really interesting fixture. And Brian, I've totally been wowed. Although I should learn to just see it as de rigueur uh, regarding your punditry skills. I'm going to give you first dibs on this one. Your thoughts and your take on this bonus fixture, seeing Scotland against France, with France still well capable of pipping Wales to the crown. France will not do what England do, which to think we've, we've got a game to go so the job is done. They will not do that. Did you see the look, uh, the exuberance on the French faces at the final whistle over the weekend? You, you, you can't escape. You, you certainly can't mistake what went on there. Mm. They, if they have any sense at all, will carry that feeling and mm. rugby is so much about feeling, as you know, mm. they will carry that feeling to tomorrow night's match. Scotland have exactly the reverse. Mm. They will be hugely disappointed in their performance. They came to Twickenham. They beat putative world champions. And they went back. They lost two matches in Murrayfield. Yes. Now, this, this is going to hurt uh, morale Desperately. Right, so. to quote from a great Scot, Jim Telfer, do you think, now we're looking at it back in retrospect slightly, that that England game at Fortress Twickers was <coughs> Scotland's Everest? And obviously that was their first victory at Twickenham since I think that, I'll do your fact checks, so I'm just from memory, but I think that was their first victory at Twickenham since 83. And what a result. Again, building momentum. Uh, that was, I think, their fifth consecutive Six Nations win. And as you say, since then, two defeats at Morrifield. Was yep. that, in Jim Telfer's words, their Everest? And therefore, uh, everything else since hasn't quite been able to get back to those giddy heights. Well, <laughs> love Telfer to death. Uh, I wouldn't want to make an enemy of him. <laughs> he, he had a... He had a wonderful phrase, but he, uh, I won't bother with an attempted Scotch accent. He didn't care for any side that had to kick off more than once. Mm. Uh, and I quite like that. <laughs> now, if you I love it, that, Brian. I tell you what, that's made my night. If, if you take that in, on the, onto the field of play, it's absolutely serious. You know, we've scored 45 points. What's the score, boys? If the score is nil-nil, sir. That's Indeed. what it is. That's what we must take into the next move. Um, would it be... I, I, hopefully, in the professional game, it wouldn't have been their, their Matterhorn, their Everest. It would have been something which they desperately wanted to do, and if they did it, it would have been a yardstick for the rest of the season. Well, they did do it, but by no means was it a yardstick for the rest of the season mm. because they, they then did not do the things that they should have done. They have all the machinery at mm -hmm. the moment, and it's rare these days that Scotland do have, but they do have it, and they didn't make use of it. Uh, that's a great shame in, in so many different ways. Um, but Englandish, if you will, because England have all the things necessary, and over the last 18 months it's been, well, shall we do it, shall we not? Who knows? Let's see what turns out. Uh, yeah, we've had that chat, yet. and it's still... Uh... As, a, Wales as an Englishman still Wales causes me to, uh, well, all I can do, I've not got words for it. I can merely grrr a little. But there we go. <laughs> but, uh, Brian, you've been uh, fabulous punditry-wise. Um, ordinarily, I have um, uh, sort of an inkling that I want to go against you just for entertainment's sake. 
But I think this time uh, I'm just going to err on the side of caution and concur. Um, but for me, this is a prime French side in what I'm sure history will see as one of their greatest vintage all time. Um, but irrespective, Scotland's warm up for this uh, final game was, of course, against the Italians. Again, that was their first match for over a month because of the enforced absence of this fixture earlier in the season. So for my money, that is like warming up for a fight against primetime Mike Tyson by, I don't know, having a bit of a punch-up with an a mediocre kind of uh, jobbing boxer. And to then go from that level to that fight in short succession, while the French have had that wow of a game to warm up for this one, still eyes firmly on the prize. I cannot make a case for the Scots in this one. So I'm just going to stick and say, hey, Mr. Quinn, Great call. I'm on the, I'm on side. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, France will win this. The interesting thing is, will they make it a bonus point win? Um, if they score early on, they have every chance of doing it. Every chance. Just to fact check, um, Scott, uh, France at present, again, this is their final game. They're in third, but that's nominally in third. Played for 1-3 with one defeat, of course, that fantastic England victory over the French. Um, With their three bonus points, they currently have 15 points. And um, they are, uh, I think, um, just about precisely 20 points on points different behind the Welsh, who at present played 5-1-4, one defeat as we've analysed against the French last weekend and the Welsh currently tabletop with 20 points, five more than the French and an overall points difference of 61. So it would seem basically the French's job, if they want to uh, win, and that's a great habit to uh, build, they want to actually claim this year's Six Nations they will need upwards of a 20-point swing and, of course, that to involve a bonus point. And I guess then, Brian, the question to you, which I'm going to first of all delve in with my positive hat on and say, indeed, I think that will be the net result. Do you think the proud Scots have enough fight, snap, and need to show progression to prevent that 20-point bonus point swing? Yes, I do. Uh, that's one thing Scotland will desperately... They may be more bothered about preventing France from doing something than winning the match themselves. No, no, it's, it's something which nobody will admit to or talk about because it's in your head and you think, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let those people do this. Um, it's fine, whatever happens. They have enough to do that. They're not far away from, from France in so many things they've done. Just look at the England result. Mm. Um, France, 
if they've scored once or twice in the first 20 minutes, they can run away with it. They, they can do that with probably any team on earth at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it remains to be seen whether they will. If Scotland can maintain possession, mm-hmm. perhaps slow things down, and then uh, unleash uh, uh, quite, never mind quite, a very good midfield, how, what's the French midfield like in, uh, in defence? That will be an interesting question. So I, I would take at, at the moment France to win the match, but not a bonus point. As I say, I've done my positive hat. I've got a lot of faith in this French outfit. We've obviously praised uh, massively their coaching duo, uh, but it isn't just Messrs. Uh, Gautier and Edwards. Um, you know, Ibanez is there as well, and a whole heap of others behind the scenes. And this team, of course, um, under 20s champ, many of them have graduated through that rank. Winning is a habit, and I tell you what, I think they've got that habit that last weekend illustrates that very point. So, again, for my money, Brian, I'm going to say this much. It's going to be France, and it's going to be France in glorious fashion. Uh, There's going to be a lot of uh, vin rouge, vin blanc uh, enjoyed uh, by our friends uh, across the ponds. I believe they're going to tabletop having uh, really, truly finished the deal. But time will tell always. It will. I look forward to seeing it if they do. Feast of Rugby for us all to enjoy. It's the final game in the 2021 Six Nations. It has been always, Brian, a true pleasure to enjoy your opinions informed as they are on the game of Rugby Union. The game of the Rugby Union, for me, uh, illustrated by that wow of a game at the weekend with France keeping dreams alive of table-topping this year's Six Nations, depriving Alan Wynne-Jones of a little slice of history, but goodness knows he's got an awful chunk of Welsh sporting history already accomplished. What can I tell you? I'm excited for the final game. It's been a joy to enjoy your company this evening. I can barely wait for the return to normality and you resuming what we usually know you as, which is to say, the voice of our ways. Thanks again. We can't wait for it. Well, we just can't wait. Simple as that. Thank Tell you, you An awful lot for us all to look forward to, which is never, ever a bad thing. Thanks again, Brian. Absolutely. You're welcome.